I'm Janine. This is Outside the Box. Thanks for tuning in. Today, I am joined by special guest, Christopher, excuse me, Chris Schwartz, and he's from UC Irvine. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, recently, I spoke with Dean Ian Williamson. That was really great having him on. And then I found you on LinkedIn, I believe, and I think you were giving a webinar about the state of the economy. Is that correct? That, that is correct. Yeah. So we've been doing, um, so the background is I typically give uh, econ updates for both the Newport and the Irvine chambers in person. So one's October, one's January. And then of course, uh, coronavirus hits and kind of ruined all the forecasts for the year. And so I've been doing monthly webinars since March on the economy and the financial markets. So as we stand right now, here we are, you know, early June, mid June, practically, where, where are things stand with the economy? Uh, that's a great question. So one of the real challenges for us has been as economists is, um, you know, this really has moved almost 10 or 12 times faster than any other recession. And so it's been difficult to get data. So we've been relying on things like open tables, giving out data and TSA data. And so the good news is, you know, if you look at all the numbers, they're slowly starting to come back uh, to where they are. But I think the key word there is very slowly. Um, you know, so if we look at restaurant data, for example, we're only at, you know, we're down 70% year over year, which, which mm -hmm. sounds terrible, but it's better than 100%. And sure. TSA passenger traffic, you know, travelers is down 80%. So, you know, we are recovering, thankfully, but uh, it's definitely, I think, going to be, unfortunately, a, a long process for us to, uh, to come back to where we were. And even if you look at the Federal Reserve, they just came out with their forecast and probably it'll be sometime in 2022 before the economy is actually back to where it was before COVID started. That's what I had heard a while back, that it was going to take at least a couple years for us to yeah. really come back. And, and then when I was watching some news segments this morning, they're talking about how, I think it was in New York, there were 2,000 cases, new cases of coronavirus every 24 hours. Yeah. Um, I'm, to be honest with you, when I was doing my forecast, I, I figured we'd open after Memorial Day because uh, I figured government wouldn't want everyone to get together and think it was safe to have big barbecues and Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, I think we're starting to pay the price for that right now with, you know, Florida, Texas, yes. Arizona. I mean, OC just re reported, I think, their highest number of cases yesterday uh, on a Sunday, which is very unusual uh, that we've had. And um, I was out this weekend and quite a few people were, you know, no masks on in, in the mall and other places. So, um, you know, I think, you know, there's two issues. One is, um, you know, really when we're allowed to reopen from the standpoint of the government, you know, uh, the governor and president and so forth. But the other is, I think that um, as long as there's a lot of cases out there, there's going to be a lot of fear and yes. people are voluntarily not going to go out. And so that's the question mark is how long is it until you know, people feel safe to go out? And I think that's not going to happen until um, you know, we have some kind of virus, uh, excuse me, vaccine for the virus, which um, hopefully is more like the smallpox vaccine and less like the flu vaccine in terms yes. of effectiveness. And hopefully no side effects. Uh, yes, that's always the open question. You know, I know a lot of people are trying to rush these things through and mm -hmm. oh, as soon as we get one, we'll mass produce it. And it's like, well, you know, I mean, you don't, you don't really know um, what the side effects are, you know, and, mm -hmm. until you do it. And uh, of course, you know, you have that kind of anti-vaccine crowd that, that, that really latched onto that one research paper that was defunct. And I'm sure, you know, they're going to latch onto this in terms of trying not to get people vaccinated. So, um, so, you know, we'll just have to see what happened. I'm, I'm a fake doctor, so I can't really help too much on the, on the medical stuff other than- You're a fake doctor? The, you only play uh, one yeah, on TV. <laughs> yeah, as I tell yeah. my students, I'm probably the sixth best kind of doctor. So, um, but yeah, we'll just have to see what the health experts say. It was interesting. I was in Trader Joe's last weekend with my mask and keeping my distance. And I asked the manager, so 
what do you think of the whole mask thing? Because I had heard how uh, a lot of people were really upset with somebody who, who's, you know, said, oh, you have to wear a mask. And then she got death threats and then she quit. So, you know, he said, well, I want to go back to normal. And I'm thinking, what's normal? You know, what, what is that? Because I don't think there is a normal now. This kind of is it. This is what we're living in. And it seems like, you know, I, I want to wear my mask. I, I want to stay safe. I don't want to rush it because it's not like we just, things open and it's gone. You know, I, that's my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with you. I think a lot of people out there, because we're reopening and, you know, so, I, you know, I think a little bit of the issue with coronavirus is I don't think a lot of people personally know someone who died from coronavirus, right? So um, I think I maybe know now two people that have gotten coronavirus, but you don't, I don't know anyone that's been in the ICU. And, mm -hmm. and so um, I think for a lot of people, you know, they don't see it in front of them. Mm -hmm. And so they don't worry about it. Now we're reopening and they think everything is safe. Yes. Um, and so I'm not sure that that's really true or not. And, you know, if you, you look at any major event, so, you know, it's hard to think about now, but if you watch an old movie and you watch people at an airport uh, back in the 1990s, I remember, you know, used to be able to walk right up to the, the boarding gate uh, with somebody that you dropped off at the airport and let them through. And now, yeah. you know, we take TSA and everything else. I mean, we just take oh, it for granted, can. right? Yeah. And so, you know, I think probably going forward, there's going to be a lot of, uh, there's going to be a lot of changes to society, even when there is a vaccine in terms of, you know, people wearing masks and, um, you know, there's going to be really some mental, you know, changes in how people are uh, about viruses. Unfortunately, some of them probably severe, um, and so I think that things will change and uh, what the new normal looks like in terms of, you know, going out to eat or something else. Um, oh, yeah. Exactly. And, and the other thing I have to say is, you know, I, I, you know, I try not to be too, too uh, cynical about the media, especially since I'm doing an interview right now for the media. But thank you. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, how many times in the next 10 years are we going to hear that this is the next coronavirus? Right. I know. Um, uh, and so it's that's going to just stoke the fear of, of what's going on. So true. Very true. So for people that are graduating UC Irvine and they're, they've been so excited to get a job and they don't know where they can find a job, even just a summer job, do you have any advice for them? Yeah, so, um, so I've talked to a lot of our, you know, at, at the Center for Investment Wealth Management, which uh, I'm the faculty director, we have a lot of interns and I think a lot of students are very frustrated because even the ones trying to get an internship, um, you know, it's very hard to get people's attention. Yeah. Um, and so, and in terms of, of the, I think the best advice you can ever give someone is, you know, you just have to be persistent. Mm -hmm. um, you know, coronavirus is not your fault, right? It's, uh, it's just something that happened in life at a bad time for you. And I think you just have to keep persistent and, and, and not get down and, and not, you know, give up. I think a lot of people kind of want to give up when I talk to them and it's like, you know, not give up, um, keep mm -hmm. trying. Um, you know, I was always told if you're ever unemployed, you know, act like you have a job, wake up in the morning, get ready True. for work, work, eight to f exactly work eight to five, you know, even if, and I, and I tell the students, I go, look, if you didn't get an internship, you know, think about what skill you're hoping to learn from the internship and try to self-learn, right? Mm -hmm. Try to keep improving, maybe get an Excel certificate or something like that. Um, yeah. so when opportunities do come up, you differentiate yourself from other people who, um, maybe got a little discouraged or maybe aren't as disciplined as you and did a lot of binging on Netflix. Um, yeah. Because eventually, because, right. you know, I think, you know, as I tell people, if you look at, um, you know, unemployment data, you know, the unemployment data for people with a college degree is only about 6.8%. Um, which, I didn't know that. No, yeah. So, I mean, it's 22% if you don't have a, if you have a high school degree, it's only 6.8% if you have a bachelor's degree. And so, you know, the important thing is that 
think always is, you know, encourage young people to get an education. But, you know, the second part, is it's really not that low. And as we reopen, people with that degree are going to be the first to be rehired. And so, yeah. you know, this is a great time to network. It's a great time to, you know, you found me on LinkedIn. It's a great mm-hmm. time to get on LinkedIn and meet some new people. Yes. Um, it's a great idea to hit your alumni networks. You know, we have lots of great alum here at UCI. Um, and I, I will say the good thing for, for us at the business school is, you know, our focus is on the digitally driven world um, and the world has become much more digital. And so fortunately, you know, for our students, I think they're pretty well prepared um, for what's happened. And I think that's going to be very attractive for, for employers. So I, oh, great just, advice. just yeah. keep working. I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure like you, I mean, you know, uh, I had lots of, of plans for March and April and May and June that I had I to did. redo and um, you probably redid them. Uh, you probably redid them many, many times over, right? So, I did, I did. Um, but you know, if you, you know, you, the alternative is you just give up and you don't do them and that's not going to get anywhere. So, you know, yeah. I think life is always about how you, how you react to difficult situations and mm-hmm. um, you just gotta, you just gotta be persistent. Well, and also I know for me, I had a choice in March, um, get on Zoom and start connecting with people or go sit in the sun. <laughs> I mean, you know, go get a tan. <laughs> and I thought, well, I should do the former because the latter is not going to get me anywhere. And I noticed the more I started talking to people, um, the more I started getting ideas. And plus, we're social beings. We need people. And right. it's so important to connect with people. And and I would say with people getting on LinkedIn, don't be so salesy and pushy because just try to make good contacts and get to know people and read the articles and join the conversations that are, that are going on about finding work remotely or pivoting. And there's, there's so much great stuff on LinkedIn right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I can't tell you, I mean, I find it kind of somewhat amusing because I, I, people must not read my profile, but I get ads for like advice from financial advisors on how to run my portfolio. And I'm thinking to myself, um, really? Uh, I know. uh, Yeah. So yeah, Yeah. I agree. Um, You know, just don't start cold calling people. You got to know them and, you know, and have something interesting to say or some interesting questions for you, for them instead of trying to just sneak in there. But your dermatologist thanks you for not sitting in the sun, by the way. Yes, that is true. (laughs) That is or true. Doesn't, or doesn't thank you. I'm not sure which one here in OC, but. Uh, well, the interesting thing is that we, we all have a choice. And I love what you said about take, take a class, get a certificate, because learning just really boosts you up. And you have something else to talk about when you do get that Zoom interview. You know, mm-hmm. so what else have you been doing besides looking for work? Well, I'm taking a class in the science of well-being or I'm getting a certificate in IT or whatever. It just, it makes you feel good. And it, it shows that you're you know, a lifelong learner. Absolutely. I mean, and I would say for students, if you're, you know, I think things that students can do, I think always the biggest differentiator is, you know, all of our students are well technically trained, uh, for sure. I mean, especially our undergrads here at the business school, you know, we, we have very few slots. And so our students are very, very good. And so, you know, I would always encourage people to work on their soft skills, work on presenting, work on PowerPoint, work on uh, speech writing, work on, um, you know, uh, you know, even writing handwritten thank you letters, all those kinds of things. Imagine that. Skills. Yeah. Um, what is that? that? Really the, I know, exactly. You know, I, I, yeah. uh, I do have to say I went to the post office one time and someone didn't even know how to fill out a, a, an time. envelope for a letter. Um, yeah. And I was kind of shaking my head a little bit. But you know, I think those are the skills that differentiate, you know, and, you know, no matter how smart you are, if you can't communicate uh, your ideas to people effectively or convincingly, then that, that doesn't get you ahead. And especially yes. in an interview where, you know, you're going to be presenting. So. 
you know, I think those right. are, I, I don't know if sure if Toastmasters or anyone is doing uh, Zoom. I have to imagine they are, but I you know, think I think so. things like that yeah, yeah. are great ways to go. And don't be hesitant to get on a Zoom interview because sometimes people think, oh, we'll just, we'll just email, email back and forth. We'll have a phone call. People want to just jump on Zoom, Zoom and meet you. Oh, yeah. I mean, it always helps when someone can put a face to who they're talking to, right? Otherwise, you, you're just some random uh, right. characters on the screen, right? So yes. I think that's always good. And uh, I think at some point I was told we can speak 10 times faster than we can type. Um, I'm not sure if that's still true, especially for Gen Z people, but um, you know, I think it's always better to get on 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 the phone. Uh, I always Agreed. tell people, you know, when you're when you're interviewing, you know, it's not just about having the technical skills, but you know, you spend 10 hours a day with with somebody for five days a week, you know, so they have to know that they're going to be able to tolerate you for 50 hours a week and work with you. Exactly. Um, and, uh, so it's you know, just not just about skills; it's about relationship building. Yes. Yeah. And I always say now's a really good time to take care of yourself, your mental, physical, emotional well-being, because you don't want to get on that Zoom call and you're like, <laughs> you know, yep. you're just a wreck and stressed and exhausted because you stay up too late and whatever. It's all about the schedule, right? Right. Keep the same schedule. Exactly. Right. What about people that um, have been working a while? let's say middle management, and they're thinking, great, now I'm out of work. I mean, I've heard wonderful things about flex jobs, LinkedIn. Are those some of the same resources? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, ultimately, you know, I think things are, if, if I'm going to be honest, I mean, I think they're a little bit easier for the graduates, right? Because you know that you're starting in uh, kind of an entry-level type position. And I feel like for middle manager people or people in the middle of their careers, um, you know, as so I teach in the part-time MBA program here, I always think it's a, it's harder because if you want to switch careers, you kind of sort of, you know, you have experience, but if it's not super relevant, it's kind of like you got to, you know, push yourself down a little bit to get that job that you're looking for. I think you have to do a little bit more work um, retraining or trying to, you know, network because, you know, if I'm a employer, you know, and I can hire an undergrad for cheap that has no experience and, you know, someone who's, who's pricing themselves like they have 20 years experience you know that makes it an easy decision so I think that that gets hard but I think once you kind of get out there you know if you talk to most people I think almost all the time you know when you get into the, your 30s or 40s I would say a huge percentages of the jobs you land are through network yes. um, you yeah. know you know you, especially right now I mean there's probably a lot of resumes going in for each position and if you're just a piece of paper yeah you have a chance but it's always about that network building and so um, you know I think you got to be patient Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe you want to find, you know, again, a skill to work on, you know, if you right. want to find something to do and you want to go, you know, I say when I get retired, I'm going to go work at Lowe's, uh, hardware store. And cause I like that, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's nothing, no shame in taking a job just to yeah. keep yourself busy. Um, but you know, again, it's all about discipline. It's all about treating your job search. Like it's a full-time job. Um, right. so you know, it's not, it's not 15 minutes in the morning. You send out a couple of resumes and you're done. You know, you have to, you know, even if you've replied to every job you can find, that doesn't mean you can't reach out to people you know and say, hey, I'm looking. And, yeah. uh, and I, I think the good news for a lot of people searching right now is, um, you know, everybody knows this was not your fault, right? Everybody yeah. knows it was a totally crazy thing that's happened to us here. And, and so, you know, in some sense, there's no, you know, in, in finance, we always worry about signaling, right? Mm -hmm. um, and there's no negative signal to being laid off at this point. It's just about being in the wrong industry at the wrong, at the wrong time. Yes, yeah. Um, so. I would also say, um, be careful, be, be smart as far as jumping into something. Cause I've noticed 
you know, there might be a position and they want you to do so much, but they want to pay so little. And they're going to slap a really fancy, nice title on there, but it pays so little. And, and I don't <laughs> want people to get taken advantage of because there are people that will take advantage at this time. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, you have to be very careful. You know, titles are, uh, what do I like to say about it? Titles can be inflated very easily, especially at smaller firms, right? Where you don't have that structure where, you know, if you're called senior vice president, then someone yells at you, um, yeah. you know, or like, where's my title? Mm -hmm. uh, it's always about, uh, to a certain extent, what your responsibilities are. Um, and then, of course, you know, at the end of the day, like your title is how much you get paid to do that job. Yes. Um, and so that's something, you know, you have to be careful about. And, you know, again, I'm sure right now some people are out of work and you know, it might be their first time that they've ever lost their job and they're very impatient to get that next opportunity. But, you know, the good news, I think generally the economy is going to start getting a little bit better. And so, you know, there's some opportunity there to be a little bit uh, patient because if you're, you know, one of like 400 that applied and they're giving you the job, then obviously that probably means that um, you have some skills that other people are going to want uh, as well. Yes. Um, the other thing I would just say is uh, to people is, you know, remember, think the long game, you know, uh, think about what skills you're going to put on your resume, right? So try to think, have a five or 10 year plan on what you want your career to look like. Because uh, again, like you were mentioning, you, you don't, you got to be patient, right? And you don't want to get suckered into a job where you're a glorified admin person and you don't build your skill set and, and kind of not only did you lose your job, but now you took another job that kind of stunts that career yes. growth that you had in mind. So um, just another, another thing to think about. Yeah. And I would say, like, know your value, know your worth, be realistic about what you can and cannot do, you know? Yes. It's like Absolutely. going on Absolutely. an audition for acting and saying, yeah, I can play a 30-something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's ridiculous. You have to be a realist of what you can and cannot do um, right now. Yeah, I think that's, uh, well, there's that Mark Twain quote from the beginning of uh, the Big Short. I'm sure you've seen that movie. Mm -hmm. That says it's not what you know that gets you in trouble. It's what you think is so, but ain't true uh, that gets you in trouble. Boom. So I think that's exactly right. Of course, that quote's also made up, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> so it's, still, it's still a good quote. That's excellent quote. What about people that are thinking, you know what? Now's the time for me to start a whole new venture. Um, well, um, a good for you. So I had a little computer consulting business. I started when I was in college and ran for a few years after I was done in college. Never anything big or um, really kind of like sunk my teeth into it. But, mm -hmm. you know, um, so it's kind of a good time in the sense that, um, you know, maybe you got laid off from your job and you're like, oh, this is a sign that I should start my own business. And um, it could be. Um, and, and if you have a good idea, that's great. A, a, I'm not sure that this is a great time to launch a product. Uh, so it's very hard. Um, but B, I think the one thing I always caution my students is, and of course, I'm an entrepreneur and we have a new MIE program here that, that's great. Um, but I always think people tend to undervalue their time. Uh, you know, they undervalue, you know, because it's not just you're giving up your time. But if you're choosing to start a venture instead of giving a new job, um, you know, and you give up, you know, 100K in income for three years, man, time value money wise, it's really hard to make that up on the back end, yeah. uh, you know, unless you have an incredibly successful business. So you know, if, if someone's really passionate about life, shouldn't be all about money. So I would say go for it. You know, this is a great chance, um, you know, especially if you maybe job search a little bit and you work on your venture a little bit and you kind of keep both, uh, you know, both uh, things in the oven. I forget the word there. Um, both irons in the oven. Irons there we go. Fire. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, 
but you know, that's great. And you know, that's a lot of people take that risk. And it's just, again, I would just caution people to, you know, remember as you go along, like, Hey, if this is three, four or five years, and I'm not sure how big the market is, you know, then, you know, I just caution them. But, you know, if you're inspired to start something, I mean, this is, it's great. Go for it. Um, you know, I started this time to, I've been posting econ stuff on LinkedIn forever. And I've set, spent this time to get a little blog going because I just post things there and then I'm limited and I'm not trying to make any money off. It's just more educational for the community and my students. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would always, you know, if you have a good idea, go for it. Why not? Just be Why careful. Not? Exactly. Just be careful. That's uh, so true. Yeah. So. When I was um, younger, I was in college. I remember I wanted to um, run like an ice cream truck for the summer. I was 20. <laughs> and my dad's like, wait a minute. I'm not saying no, but let's do the math. Yeah. The ice cream, the truck, the gas, right. you know? And he's like, no. That's right. I ended up painting houses. And, and I, I'm telling you, certain skill sets that you think, oh, that's nuts, actually take you down a path to do other things, you know? Yeah. yeah, I think the most valuable thing I learned from running my business had nothing to do about teaching myself how to write computer code. I think I use that still today, but um, you learn a lot about how people think. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I remember, you know, you have this idea of how, how people manage and then you see how they really manage and then you're like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting to know. I'm gonna keep that little, little tidbit. Um, and then when you have your own business, I think also you learn a lot about discipline. Um, you know, it's just like right now, you know, you don't have a boss telling you, hey, you got to work nine to five and go get clients. Mm -hmm. You, you know, you have to be self-disciplined. So, yes, yes. And I'm sure, I'm sure you're really good at painting interior, interior uh, rooms now, right? You, you know something? I, you're, I'm serious. I am. I actually, in college, I went into an apartment. It looked dingy. I said to the landlord, do you mind? He's like, absolutely. I painted the whole place. My roommate was so happy. I mean, I just, I wasn't afraid to do that. And I still love to do it. But it was, um, it was a great job it was very hard but it paid well mm. yeah. yeah definitely Painting, painting's fun so any last bit of advice let's say for incoming freshmen they never would have imagined a pandemic and here they're mm. majoring in business at uci <laughs> well i think um I, I think so the freshmen i think actually my advice to you is as um you know just in four years everything will look different Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it might look like, hey, why am I becoming uh, why am I getting education? There's no jobs anyway. But, hey, I, I remind them that statistic I just told you, you know, um, you know, if you have a high school degree, there's only a one in third three chance you actually even participate in the economy. Right. You have a 21 percent chance if you do participate of being unemployed. And if you are employed, uh, you only make about 30 grand a year. If you get a college education, you're 76 percent likely to be in, involved in the economy. There's only a 7% chance you're unemployed. And on average, you make almost $70,000 a year, right? So, you know, we have a lot of first-gen students here at UCI. So, you know, and, and we teach financial literacy at, at, the, at CIWM. And so that's always the most important part of financial literacy is the education part. But again, I think, you know, right now, um, I know probably some freshmen are very disappointed. They are probably excited to not live at home for the first time and have a lot of freedom. Um, and so, you know, I would encourage them to be patient. Uh, I'm sure by winter or spring, when we have a vaccine, they'll be on campus and they'll have plenty of time to um, learn how to manage freedom, I guess would what I would call that. Um, but, you know, I would also encourage them, you know, um, don't get yourself behind the ball your first quarter, mm -hmm. right? So uh, right. you don't want to get out, you don't want to get on academic probation after your first quarter. You know, you don't want to get 
you know, maybe a reputation about being a bad student. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to set bad habits for yourself. You know, the first, it's a big transition from high school to college, a huge transition. I mean, um, you know, you, you, you know, it, I always thought that everything was a step function, right? So you go from fifth to sixth grade, you go to a new school, but it's also the class material takes a step up, right? And you go from eighth to ninth grade, it's a big step. And, you know, going from senior in high school to freshman college is a big step. So you know, I, I really encourage people just to stay focused and get off to a good start. Um, especially they don't have a lot of the distractions that you would when you'd, you'd show up That's um, true. on campus, right? Right. Um, so use this time to get a good start. And then, you know, and then when you are able to come on campus, you're not scrambling to try and catch up on your grades. You can, you know, take full advantage of the social opportunities, which as we've talked about, you know, the social network part is just as important as, as the grade part. So yes. that would, you know, just work hard. Um, the other thing I'll say is, you know, we faculty here are, are here to help. Um, you know, we haven't done this before. I mean, I taught three classes by Zoom this quarter and it was a total experiment. And so, you know, don't be afraid to ask us for a little extra office hours or send an email or, or what have, you know, we're, we're happy to help. Good um, and, and we're, we're kind of disconnected because we can't read your face. Um, we can't read the room. And so I think it's, you know, I'd encourage the students to be a little bit more proactive because, uh, you know, I know almost all the faculty here really want to see students succeed. So, um, so I'd encourage students to do that. Do you find that a lot of students, um, they, don't, they don't connect by um, video, they just listen? Like, do you have a requirement that you want to see their faces so they know they're in um, So it's actually against university policy to force people to turn on their camera. Mm -hmm. um, and I teach a Saturday class at 8.30 in the morning. I probably don't want to see the cameras turned on most of the time. <laughs> um, so for me, I, I kind of, you know, I kind of just let them do it. Um, I do polls. So I would do like in-class problems in my finance class and I do polls and you can see what percentage of people are actually answering the poll. That's good. Um, so you can kind of see if people are involved, but still, you, you know, you don't have that, you know, um, you know, you can't really see how students are doing. So, um, yeah, I think it's kind of a little bit more on the students to to kind of reach out to us because right. you know if I'm in the classroom, I can I can see the confused dog looks, um, and I can see that people are confused. Or I, I when we're doing a problem, I'll walk around the room and I'll see oh are people getting it right or wrong, or you know how many people are finishing or or et cetera, and I can't do that now or not, nor can other faculty. So um, yeah. you know be a little bit more aggressive. You know, and I, it's it's okay to tell us you don't understand. It's okay to ask a question. Um, you know, I'm sure incoming freshmen are going to be shy. And so you don't have to do it. You know, the nice part on Zoom is you can send a question to the instructor or the TA, you know, directly. You don't have to tell everybody it's your question, right? So yeah. if you're embarrassed, you don't want to speak up, just go to chat, click on the instructor or the TA, or, and then just ask your question. Um, and I'm sure that's a, a way to do it. You know, it took me a long time to learn that skill, when, even when I was in high school and then college, because I felt so stupid. But what happens is the second you don't understand, then it starts piling up, as you know. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like an yep. avalanche of confusion and you can never pull your way out of that ditch. Yep, that's so right. it's really good to do it from the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you don't get something, just, yeah. um, you know, because I, I tell the students in my class, everything kind of builds on itself. So if you're lost at, at week three or uh, you, you get the midterm back and you didn't do well and you're not sure why, I'd say, hey, you know, make an appointment. Let's figure out what's going on because, you know, it's going to be on the final exam. So yes. Um, yes. it's worth reaching out. And I also, I used to sit like, second third row from the professor instead of in the way back <laughs> i went to syracuse we had huge lectures yeah. and um when people do resume in person i would suggest sit closer but i remember being in a statistics class at bu and 
they people would call out the answer and then I would call out the total wrong answer. <laughs> would start laughing after a while and I'm like, uh, I'll see you at office hours, you know, because yeah. I, yeah. yeah. So just don't be afraid to, you know, get the wrong answer and get help really yeah. is important skill. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll give one piece of advice in case any faculty watch this. One of the things I did on Zoom um, when I did, I did the in-class problems, I set up a poll and I had four multiple choice. And of course, most of the time the right answer was there sometimes i had a i didn't get the solution okay. but the thing i would do is i know what concepts students typically get wrong and i would set up uh, the other answers so like each answer would represent like a wrong concept right so i had the right answer and then i had three answers and they were informative right so um, like there was one question where half the class got the right answer and half the class got the wrong answer and because i had set up the question you know that answer so i knew exactly what concept they had gotten wrong um, and then when I went over the answer, it was easy for me to highlight the concept that I knew they were getting confused. So Great um, that was, yeah, that was one of the things that was really helpful in terms of trying to read how much understanding there was. Great idea. Where can people find out more about you, Chris? I know you mentioned you're on LinkedIn. Uh, sure. So I'm on LinkedIn. So uh, it's under my UCI email. So C-S-C-H-W-A-R-Z at UCI.edu. Um, I started a blog. It's relatively new called boundedfinance.com. Uh, you know, bounded like uh, you'd spell it and then just one word. Okay. Um, and then, of course, I'm uh, the faculty director of the Center for Investment Wealth Management. Um, and our mission is to provide financial literacy to the community. So you want to check that out. There's lots of good stuff there. And otherwise, I'm a, I'm a UCI associate professor. So you can always just Google uh, Google Chris Schwartz UCI. If you Google Chris Schwartz, by the way, I am not the woodworking guy. Uh, so <laughs> apparently there's a very okay. famous Chris Schwartz who's a woodworker. Uh, so that's not me. I don't do, I'm not the Ron Swanson of UCI. So okay. uh, that's somebody else. So just get a lot of requests UCI, for woodworking. Uh, no, actually, um, you know, I'm a pretty good baker. So typically people are interested in the more interested in cookies than learning how to make a chair. So, <laughs> so. all right. Well, thank you so much, Chris. I really uh, enjoyed this. Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, and, you know, I look forward to, to hearing about your other interviews in your series. Thank you so much.